What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chicken Scratch Gospel, coming to you from Midtown Studios, beautiful downtown Bakersfield. I'm your host, Matt, along with me, my co-host, Daniel. What's up, my man? What's up? How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. New year, new me. How are you? Right? Right? I saw a meme that said, new year, new new me, and like, he like slapped him when he was going to say new me. Good. (laughs) Tired of hearing that. People have been saying this for years, and it's never a new them, you liars. We try, we try, and then it just never changes, man. Um, I'm excited to be to be doing this uh, this episode today. Stoked about the new year. Stoked about all the fresh chicken scratch gospel moments that uh, I'm sure we're going to be having throughout the rest of this year. I'm really, really excited for it. I think we're starting off um, with uh, this scripture that I love so much, Matthew 22, 35 through 40. You know, the Pharisees were always trying to trip Jesus up. They were always trying to catch him slipping. And here we go, one more Pharisee, and it says here in Matthew 22, verse 35, says one of them was an expert in the law. So here you got this lawyer priest is asking this. He tested Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Just trying to catch him slipping. And I love it because Jesus replies. Just without without even just a hesitation, Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your mind. This is the first, and this is the greatest commandment. But he doesn't finish. He keeps going. He says, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself, because all of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And that was a little, I love, see, Jesus is just, he could get hood every now and again with them, <laughs> especially with the Pharisees. He would get a little, because they were trying to trip him up, trying to make him fall. And he's like, you know what? These two, you, you, you always talk about the law and the prophets. But really, it's these two that all of the law and all of the prophets hang on. And he was kind of giving them like a little, you guys are missing it here. This is the greatest, and this one is like it. So really, these are the two greatest that you could think of. Mm -hmm. I love that so much, man. I do too, because this guy was an expert. So, I mean, this guy knew it all. You know, he studied. He was probably in the Word day and night meditating and, and thought he had it. And thought he had this system of what, of who God was. And Jesus just comes around and says, mm, okay, you know, and lets them know like, no, this, this is what it is, you know, and throws them all off track, man. And I love how Jesus just comes in and just speaks the truth right away. Yeah. And because Jesus' directive um, has always been loving God, loving people. Like he's always been yeah. that example of loving God, loving right. people. And he doesn't just say it. So Jesus is already kind of, he's going around and he's teaching these things, but he's also walking it out. He's living these things. And, and, and so I think there was just a little bit of a, really a teachable moment there between him and this expert in the law yeah. where he's like, look, man, this is, this is what you, you know, this is what you need to teach. This is what you need to do. Yeah. Cause really, I think if, when you're asked what's the greatest or what's the most important thing in your life, really what you're being asked is what's your, what's your priority or what is it that you make sure that you take care of or make right. sure that you do, you know, what is that thing? You know, and if you were to ask me that, you know, of course, you know, we, we're, we're pastors, uh, you know, we're fathers, we're husbands, we're, we're friends, we're brothers, we're sons, we're all, we're all of these things, you and I, and, and, and it would be difficult to prioritize all of that. Right. And, and here Jesus is, and he's like, love God, love people. That's it. It's, you know, it's, this is, this is the directive and you can see this on display by how Jesus 
not just lives his life, but even operates in his ministry. When he's going from one place to another, he's got multitudes pressing in on him. People are trying to reach out for him. He stops along the way. You know, he talks to people that you weren't supposed to talk to back then, you know, like all this stuff, because Jesus really believed that yeah. this is what it is. You know what I love about this this verse is that this one word, all the law and the prophets hang on these two com- commandments. They hang on this t- these two commandments. And um, Jesus straight up says, like, you could have this list of do's and don'ts and customs and, and regulations. You could have all this. But if you don't have these, because everything else hangs on these. So if you don't have these, you're going to miss it. Because yeah. you can't go wrong with these right here. Like this is this is essentially the gospel. This is our faith to love God, to love people, and everything else will fall into place. You know, yeah. Um, our in our relationships, our marriages, our friendships. Like if we love God and we love people authentically, Jesus is saying here essentially everything will fall into place if you do these. But all these other things, you're gonna keep doing them. You ain't gonna get anywhere. Yeah, you want to fulfill you want to yeah. fulfill the law. Yeah, then love God and love people. Right, you know, and it's it's a lot like that Beatles song. You know, the end, and in the Beatles song, the end, there's a line that says, "The love you take is the love that you make." Mm-hmm. You know, and and the 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 love that you give to people, the way that you love yeah. people, that's in in that line. You know, um, for for those that are now maybe thinking the Beatles were you know crazy or whatever, listen to me. That line really, if you were to look at that take that line and, t- and, and put a biblical turn on it, you could say that's essentially seed time and harvest right there. Mm-hmm. You reap what you sow. The love that you take is, is the love that you make. Mm-hmm. So if the way that you love people, right. more than likely that's the way that people are going to feel about you or they're going to love you back. You will, it will be reciprocated to you. And Jesus, he makes an invitation here to love differently. To lo- and, and that's really what he's saying to this yeah. to this expert. He's like, you need to love differently. Not only, yeah. not only loving those who like, who give you love, but loving when you have to be the one who is initiating the love right. and loving without expecting anything in return. Right. That's, it's just lo- love all the, all the law, all the prophets hang on these two commandments, love God with everything you got and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't expect anything in return. And John 15, 12, you know, we see Jesus speaking to his disciples and he's, he's, he's giving them these, these commissions. He's, he's talking to them and saying, like, he's giving me, I'm getting ready to go. Yeah. And he says, this is my commandment in John 15, 12, love each other the same way I have loved you. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a challenge. Yeah. You know, it's a beautiful invitation, mm-hmm. but that's a tough, tough challenge. Yeah. Cause if you, if you think about it, the love was so conditional, especially in these days. Right. Love was so conditional. It, was, it always hinged on something you did. Um, it was always measured by how many times you were at the temple or how many times, you know, you did this custom or whatever it was. And so it was always hinged on what you did and your, your good works, you know, for, um, for God. And so Jesus coming in and, and making that invitation to love differently, he says, hey, you don't have to do that anymore. You know, mm. somebody doesn't have to give you that in return anymore. Like, this is what love is. This is the way you are to love people. And I think just when Jesus says, like, pray for your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, like, what? Like, no, eye for an eye, man. We're, we're, right, you know, right. Like, they weren't thinking, like, I'm going to love somebody who doesn't love me. You know, in those days, like, they were going to torture and kill them. You know, they were going to stone prostitutes. They were going to torture people that. So 
the concept of loving differently um, was was so difficult, so you know, out of their minds in those days. And so, Jesus coming and making that invitation um, <clears throat> was it was just phenomenal. It was just world changing in those days. Yeah, man. And I mean, even when when we consider just you know the way that things are today, uh, I think that everybody expects like you don't love me unless you agree with me. You don't love me unless we're on the same side. You don't love me unless we, you know, we believe the same thing, the same way, the same, whatever. And, um, that's not how we're called. That's not how we as believers are invited to love people. You know, I don't just love people who believe in Jesus. We, we're called to love everybody, even those that disagree with us. And the, and I love, I love that you touched on, because that was a that was a huge teaching moment for Jesus too when he was like you need to love your enemies and I and I remember this this scripture and um he's he says you you know you need to um, love your enemies don't just love those who love you because uh, you know even pagans do that even people who don't follow God or don't believe that there is a God even they do that and so how different are you yeah if if that's what you do like how how different is your love comparatively speaking if all you do is love people that love you back there's no reward in that right and it, again as god does as jesus tries to as the connector and the mediator between us and god the father uh, as he does he's giving us this invitation into this incredible challenge but through christ he's saying i'm trying to teach you something that is going to connect you to a blessing because it's hard to love your enemy. It's hard to love your enemy. And we, I would like to think we don't have enemies, right? Like you'd like to think that. You'd like to think, man, everybody likes me. I'm fine. It's, it's good. No, nah, dog. Like it's some people that don't like me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's some people that, uh, you know, that are at enmity with me. And I can't control that. Mm-hmm. What I can control is how I respond to that. Right. And our response, according to Christ, should be love. Mm-hmm. All the time. All the time. It kind of reminds me of the, the scripture where this woman... Uh, prostitute woman Jesus is having dinner at a Pharisee's house and this prostitute woman comes in and sneaks into the house and she has her you know her life savings in this yeah. jar and she comes in and she sneaks in there and she she breaks the jar on his feet and wipes her tears and, and his feet with this perfume that and the Pharisees are just like what are you doing you know why why are you allowing this woman to come in she's a prostitute she's unclean she's this she's that and they're just like, this is against who we are, you know? Yeah. And Jesus is like, no. He's like, this woman, people are going to remember this woman for what she did because she, this is the gospel right here. This is love. Yeah. You know, she's giving her everything to me. Um, and that blew their minds. Yeah. And how many times do we <clears throat> walk through, you know, life and, and, you know, decide to not love people because of their status or who they are or where they're right. from or whatever the case is, man. And, so Jesus just takes it this, he just, he, that's, that's what the word says. He came to fulfill the law and he takes it this right. step further, deeper where it's like, whoa, like that's, that's deep, but that's love, you know? Yeah, man. And, and Crazy. even, even speaking to, to that scripture, dude, like even his disciples, Jesus' yeah. disciples yeah. were like, we could have sold that and given the money <laughs> to the poor. They're trying like trying to, yeah, they're <laughs> trying to, you know, placate to Christ's compassion and be like, wait, wait, she broke that. That's like, you know, 35 yeah. grand or whatever it would be, you know, equal to, to, to now it's a, it was a year's worth of salary, whether that's 35 or 50, we don't know exactly what that would be equal to today. But the fact of the matter is when you consider everything that that woman had to do, 
in order to afford going out. And the way that she, the way that she had degraded herself and lowered herself because more than likely people, not, not everybody back in those times, but, but a lot of people that, that a lot of the women that turned to, um, uh, prostitution was more often because they were destitute. Their husband had died. You know, somebody, somebody had left them in such a way to where there was no other way for them to make a living. And so that's how they had to make a living. And so there is even, I'm, I, I, I bet this, this piece, obviously that I may, I don't I didn't want to do these things. I needed to I needed to survive. I needed to live. But all of the, these ways that she had to degrade herself, and then she said, I, I, I did all this stuff, and I bought this, this with a year's worth of salary, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's only worth anything to me if I, if I just give it to you. It's, it's, worth, <laughs> it's worth nothing. What you've done for me and the way that you've loved me is, is, is worth way more than anything else that I have to offer. And, and there's a beautiful song about yeah about that you know i don't know if the listeners know that it is one of the to me one of the greatest songs um ever it's called alabaster box a woman named cc wine and sings it and if you don't know who that is please go look that up uh, because it's a beautiful depiction of of our worship Mm -hmm. and the way that we worship like you don't know like you know the way that you know people have i I, we 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 recently had a um had a worship night Mm -hmm. and uh I'm not a 21-year-old worship leader anymore, uh, <laughs> and my 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 body my body is reminding me that I'm not a 21-year-old worship leader anymore. But I don't, <laughs> I still worship the same. And I remember being younger, and the way that I worship, it, you know, I I'm an expressive worshiper, and and you know, I like to jump, I like to move, I like to you know, I like to stop. Like I, I'm I'm a mover and, and I'm I'm just I'm expressive, man. And and people would get either excited or offended and they would ask me why. And my response to them has a lot to do with this particular scripture, a lot to do with that song that I had just mentioned, uh, Alabaster Box, and and the love that I had experienced from Christ. The fact of the matter is you don't know like I know what Jesus has done for me. And so I will worship him accordingly. I will live accordingly because you don't, you just don't know. Like I know you can't tell me don't worship like this because you don't know what he saved me from. Yeah. Yep. And that love is different. You know what? That's crazy that you're talking about this because I was <clears throat> reading, reading through this. And one of the, the words that stick out to me is when Jesus says the second is like this, love your neighbor as yourself mm-hmm. and could it be that um we don't love people because we don't really love ourselves we're not really real with ourselves we're not really authentic with yeah, ourselves. A good point. we don't really accept ourselves for for who we are and how god created us so it's hard to in turn give that love back to people because mm. jesus says love your neighbor as, as yourself and um and i think even these pharisees they thought they had it all down they thought they had you know, the law down and, and what they needed to do. But really inside, they, were, they weren't they were right, you know. There yeah. was something there because they felt like they had to measure up to something that God didn't create them to measure up for. Yeah. And so I think even for us, it's a heart check. Like, man, like if I'm not operating in love the way that the Lord wants me to, like check my own heart. Like, am I, do I love myself? Do I accept mm-hmm. myself? Do I accept the way God has created me? Am I, am I confident in who I am? Um, cause I think until you're able to do that, you can give that love back to people, you know, in return. Yeah. 
you see that in yourself. That's so good, yeah. man. And that's, that's a, that's an amen moment because I think that, um, most people have a difficult time believing that there is a God who loves them for their authentic version of them. Yeah. For their, for their jankiness. Yeah. <laughs> for their brokenness, you know, for, for all of their fault, because we know everything we've done. So maybe it's a lot easier for you, you know, you've, we've heard that term, you know, everyone's their own worst critic. Mm-hmm. The reason being is because we know everything that we're capable of, the good, the bad, the ugly, warts and all, we know yeah. what what right. we're capable of. Yeah. Uh, but yet still, there is a God in heaven who sent his son mm-hmm. out of love for you mm-hmm. before you knew him. He died for you because he loved you and to reflect that love to a neighbor. That's just an excellent point. I think because it's, it's, I wonder, do people not, do people not recognize that or do people not love the, you know, Jesus like love, love, love people like you would love you. I am like, you know, like (laughs) I just don't love myself very much, but like, do you, I wonder, is it that people don't want to be honest with themselves Mm -hmm. about this? And if they don't want to be honest with themselves and be transparent in that way, then is it because they truly don't believe that God could love them, you know, in that, in that state? Yeah. Yeah. I think so, man. I think that just, there's a lot of insecurity that comes pride, you know, of not wanting to accept and see like, man, I was messed up. You know, I was, I was a sinner and I'm saved by grace. And, and I, my past isn't the greatest, but Jesus saved me from my past. He saved me from this, this life. And now I'm able to give that love. And I think it just changes, it changes his perspective. You know, I think there's just this point where you get to yourself where you're like, I'm okay. I'm I'm okay with who I am because I'm confident in who God is. And if I can get to that place, then I can love people, you know, the way God loves people. And it just changes. But if you can, if you can't accept who you are and what you've been through and, and you're not okay with that, it's going to be hard to love people authentically. You know, because you got this mask on or this wall, right? You know, and you're never really, you're never vulnerable because you're you're just kind of pushing this stuff under the rug of who you really are and some of the things you've done, um, whether you're hiding in shame or guilt or whatever it is. And so I think people, man, like you know, this kind of preaches to a lot of us, man. We just need to be real with ourselves and say, Lord, like, expose those things in me so I can love better, you know, and I can accept, yeah, yeah. and not not be insecure and not walk in in that you know fear of who I. I am and what you've called me to do. Yeah, I love that. I love that you brought up, you know, people, I think people even wearing masks and oftentimes I think people, people put on masks. Yes. When they, when they show up to churches or, or when they show up in front of certain people or work or whatever to put on a front of, of how well they're doing or whatever. But I think there's definitely a lot of people out there too, that they put on a mask before they look in the mirror in the morning, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, God loves you pre Instagram filter. Like he, he loves you before, before you find the right filter, before, before you get all done up, before you get all cleaned up, he, he loves you mm-hmm. and he's inviting you to, to love him, to love yourself so that you can love others so that you can be exemplary in this, in this love that he has called you to share with the world. It's one of the most poignant moments in the entirety of the Bible yeah. when Jesus says, you need to love each other the same way that I have loved you. Yeah. Because he's, he loved us and he loves us with a perfect love. There is nothing missing from this from this love. He, he is love personified. You know what? It's crazy because when I'm challenged with loving a person, even a person that has wronged me or has done something to my family or whatever, yeah. 
I'm always challenged, man, with, and I, I know it's the Holy Spirit speaking because I'm always challenged with, with like, when I'm upset or something, and God's like, you were like that. Yeah. Before, too. Uh-huh. Like, you thought like that. You probably thought even worse, or you had those same habits or whatever it was. Yeah. I'm like, dang, I was. I was like that, you yeah. know. I am like that, you know, sometimes. And so he checks me real quick, and that's just like, that's right. But I'm forgiven, and, and I'm free. And this person mm-hmm. can be forgiven and free, too. Yeah. And that kind of just helps me to just love better, man. When, I, when I, my flesh gets in the way and I don't feel like it, um, God reminds me of who I was and who, who I am now, who he's created me to be. Yeah, that's so, that's so good, man. Yeah. And we, we, I think every one of us needs to have some perspective. Yeah. You know, some, sometimes <laughs> yeah. we need to refocus every now and again. Because yeah. you're absolutely right, man. We, we were that. Yeah. We were that one. We were that person. And I think the, the Apostle Paul... You can see him in, in, in the span of three chapters in one of the books that he that he wrote in, in the Bible. You can see him in the span of three chapters go from, look, man, if anybody's the greatest apostle <laughs> yeah. among you, it's, it's me. me. <laughs> uh, because yeah. I was taught by the best teachers. I was raised the best way. I got all this stuff going for it. And he wasn't being prideful in that moment either. He was like, I just, I'm just, you know, telling it like it is. This is what it is. I, I'm the one that's actually like learned, you know, and... Nobody told me about Jesus. Jesus told me about Jesus. The same, he was, you know, the same as these other disciples. Yeah. And, you know, I met Jesus too. And then, you know, two chapters after he writes this, he's like, I'm the chiefest of yeah. sinners though. Yeah. I am the world's greatest sinner. And we forget ourselves at times mm-hmm. that that enemy that you're having a heart, that person who, who wronged you, that person who wronged your family, the person who wronged, whatever, that person who has placed themselves at enmity with you, you were that person at one point in time. You were making those choices for selfish, you know, ambition, for selfish reasons, even whatever those may have been. It could have just been for self-preservation, but whatever the, for whatever reason, you have been in that space. And when you were in that space, what did you want? What did you cry out to God for? You cried out to God for love and for grace and for mercy. And so instead of wasting your time, allowing this person to live rent free in your mind to try to knock you off track in, instead of doing that way and allowing yourself to be knocked off track that way, if they're in your mind, pray for them. Mm-hmm. If they're in your mind, just, just take a, take a second, take a couple seconds. God, you know what? I pray that you would just bless that person. I pray that you would, that you would bring them clarity, that you would bring them wisdom, that you would, that you would bring them uh, a moment where you would manifest your presence and you would show yourself honestly to them and that they would be allowed to honestly see themselves so that they could experience just how amazing your love is. Cause we need, we needed to experience that. Mm -hmm. You know, the reason why uh, we, maybe we are, we're not loving people's cause we've forgotten that there was that one point where God loved us when we were at our, our worst, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, you, you brought up a couple times like being right on the outside too. Uh-huh. And that's so true. Yeah. Jesus tells that to the Pharisees, right? He's like, man, you guys got a nice polished cup on the outside, yeah. but on the inside is maggots. It's all decaying and death and moldy and stuff because you guys, why don't you, why don't you wash the inside of the cup? Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you clean up that inside? You know, and, and, and all of this, all of this law, all these prophets, all these things, it wasn't that even uh, a lot of the things that the Pharisees were doing were, were terrible things. You know, he would say like, you pay your tithes and you, you know, you do all of these things. It was the reason behind it. Mm -hmm. 
the motivation behind it wasn't love. The motivation behind it was checking a box or people were seeing them or whatever the case may be. But love is, is the utmost, you know, that we've been invited into. I think this is such a good, cause I mean, even though this, this was going on in over 2000 years ago, um, it's still in our church culture today. It's still, you know, um, among us, this, this whole checking the boxes and having to be clean on the outside and, you know, having to love with conditions like that still happens today. It does Even in our families, man, yeah. in our circle. Of, and it's like, no, nah, like, let's stop doing that. You know, you said you said among us. Yeah. And then immediately my brain went love is sus. And then my and then this is why I'm and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But immediately, let me let me ask you this question. Everybody out here that's listening to this episode and people are in this room. This is real. Now, listen, let me ask you this right. question. Why is it that when somebody does approach you with love? That like maybe you've never met them or like they don't they don't really know you or whatever. But when they approach you with love and, and it's like an honest, they're just trying to love you. Why is it that we get like suspicious? Yeah, <laughs> Because we're broken. Because we're broken. Yeah, yeah. Producer Andy says this is why. Uh, and it's so true. It's so true, right? Like, that's why, like, we're always like, what's what's your angle, man? What's your... That's actually really funny. Uh, me and my girlfriend took a trip up to Reading. Yeah. Uh, and uh, everybody was really nice there. Like, where are we at? And I wasn't used to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I thought everybody... I was like, I bumped into somebody, and they are like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, what is that? What is that you're doing? What, is, <laughs> what do you want from me? What do you want? <laughs> I don't know what they had to do with this. No, it's, it's true. Like that's because that's how we, uh, that's how we respond for whatever reason. That's, that's, um, uh, it's like if I'm okay or if I'm ready to love you, then I'm ready to let you love me, but not before that, which is nuts. That's nuts. Like if you want to, if you want to honestly, if anybody out there in the universe would like an opportunity to just like, love me, just, just honestly love me. Okay, <laughs> I, I I will I will help help me to help me to God to help me to see that, mm-hmm. so that I can have proper perspective when somebody is just trying to love me or when when I need to love on people, which is which is you know, yeah. everyone everywhere, uh, you know all the time. Yeah. This is what you must do. This is this is what we're called to do. This is what we're commissioned to do. Is is love, love both God and people like Jesus. Full stop. That's that's the that's the invitation. That's the call. Love both God and people like Jesus. Period. Yeah, yeah. If I can just do this real quick, man. Um, we talk. We're even talking about loving each other. Yeah. And loving ourselves and loving God and and Andy was saying like like we are sus sometimes when somebody's like trying to like love us and we're like, what's going really going on here? You know, because we don't we don't really even know what love is in our culture anymore um, because it's been, it's been um, just tainted by the world and by what we think, what culture thinks love is, you know, like you kind of glamorize it and it's like this feeling and it's like conditional. And I think just the whole concept of love is just so distorted in our culture that we don't even know how it is to love. And even in, in the church, we don't really even know what that looks like. And so if I can real quick, I do, I want to read 1 Corinthians 13 from the uh, Passion Translation because um, this is how Paul describes love. And and if anybody knew, like Pastor Matt was saying, like Paul knew, man, like what love was. Yeah. Um, 
And so he writes this, and I want to read it really quick because this is this is how we are to love, and we always read this at weddings, but it has so much like value. It's so it's so deep and it's it's so weighty. But it says, "Love is large and incredibly patient." Love is large and incredibly patient. Big. Yeah, because how many of us are impatient? We get mad at people. We're in the line, Starbucks line. We're like. If this person would just hurry up, man, they messed up my <laughs> order, man. I, I got to be at work in five minutes. You know, we're just, we're just mad. It's like, no, love is large, incredibly patient. Be patient, you know? Love that person. That's love, being patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. <laughs> mm. When somebody else gets blessed. It's like, oh, I, I want that. I want what he wants. I want what she wants. It's like, oh, yeah. I need to be better. I want to one-up somebody. Yeah. But Paul's saying when someone else is blessed, no, don't, don't be jealous. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflates its own importance. Ooh. I love that. Yeah. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. So good. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Yeah. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. Like that's love. That's that, love. That's like, that's how we are to love each other. Mm, you know? That's so good. And man. that's, that's, it's hard to do. It is. <laughs> it is. But it's, it's a hundred percent worth it when we do, you know, on both ends. And when we, so when we talk about loving our neighbor and loving ourselves, that that's what God is leading us to. That's what he wants us to do, you know? Yeah. So good. I love that. First Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Yep. Read it. Mm-hmm. Read the passion translation, man. Sometimes that just hits different. It just does. That's a, that was a great. I loved, I love the way that that sounded. I'm saying love a lot now. I know. That's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> uh, this is completely off topic. <laughs> But the song, uh, I Want to Know What Love Is, I think it's by Michael Bolton. keeps playing in my head, and uh, I blame both yeah. of you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what love is. That's fine. I, yeah, it's, I had a different one. I, I had to because you said it. I had the love to love to love you. I love you. I love you. Anyway, uh, that's, a, that's an old Missy Elliott. Uh, well, but that's besides the point. That's besides the point. We're talking about love. Again, love. If you take anything away from this episode today, love both God and people like Jesus, full stop. That's the way that it is. Before we before we uh, finish up, though, here on this episode of Chicken Scratch, we're doing this thing where we're we're bringing our recommendations. You know, it be it be it a podcast or 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 a song or album or book or whatever. And and I think that both of us, I think we have books today. Uh, the book that I wanna that I wanna recommend today is a book called Abide. Uh, it's uh, Abide, an allegory of truth. It's a book by Rocky Fleming. Uh, and it's this amazing um, allegory of uh, the writer and a friend that he knew who actually owned a vineyard. And he would go and he would visit this man. and He built a relationship over years and years with this man. And this man, every time he would come and visit, he would take the time to explain John 15, which is in John 15, you know, Jesus teaches about, oh, I am the vine and you need to abide in the true vine. And this man takes the time to explain to the author, 
This is why vineyards operate this way. This is why you prune things this way. This is why you need to clear out the brush here. This is, and so it's just an amazing, amazing book. It came to me at a very, very poignant time, very important time of transition in my life. And I, this is like a forever book for me. Abide, an allegory of truth by Rocky Fleming. What you got? So, um, man, what a great way to start the year. I started... I've, I actually found out about this book on Jeremy Riddle's Instagram. He wrote a book. Um, for those okay. of you guys who don't know Jeremy Riddle, he's part of Bethel Church. Um, amazing worship leader, amazing musician, but man just has this heart of God. And so he has this, he wrote this book called The Reset. And mm. so I started reading, I'm halfway through the book right now, but man, it's just wrecked me, man. It's, it's the concept of the book is basically returning to the heart of worship um, and he just explains how worship has just um, been glamorized and, and um, I guess it's it's kind of just been performance based and production based and there's just it's, there's like celebrity worship pastors and leaders now in our day and so he just talks about like shifting and resetting um, what worship is and what it was intended to be um, and he just goes deep into like pursuing the heart of God and pursuing mm. um, ministry to Jesus through worship and so I love how he goes into, you know, our modern day culture and what it is um, and where God, where he believes God's calling us to to go to go back to yeah. in worship as it pertains to that. So it's a great book, a great way to start the year and really posturing our heart to, you know, the true heart of God. I love that, man. And, and because of your rec, because I saw you get it, yeah. I was like, I went and I went and ordered it. I was like, I got to get it. So, yeah, make sure you go get the reset by yeah. Jeremy Riddle yeah. as well. Man, that's all the time that we have today on Chicken Scratch Gospel. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you follow us on social media. Check us out on YouTube. Hit the bell for notifications of new episodes. And remember to go love like Jesus. We're out.